It's the Empowerment Perspective Podcast, hosted by Demiso Josie and Mr. Kareem Spence. Stay empowered. Stay empowered. All right, welcome to yet another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. I go by the name of Dr. Demiso A. Josie alongside. Prince is here. How we doing, sir? It's getting rough. Like, we need to open up these boundaries, man. Let us start doing stuff. It's, it's rough out here. It's rough out here in these streets. I mean, yeah. it's wild. I feel like I'm on house arrest. Your hair is uh, growing in. You're not rocking a hat today. Um, listen, you really gonna see what people really look like. That's it. That's, I love it. I like the all natural look. I don't like all the makeup and all that stuff. So, you know, I need you to lie to me because I don't really want to believe that you actually look like that. I need you to lie to me. I want to live in a fancy world. We're reaching out to a whole bunch of different people. Again, at this particular point, what we're trying to do is um, trying to get you to think about planning um, for after uh, things go back to the new normal, I guess we could say. Um, so now, again, it's the perfect time for you to really revise your plan, do your, you know, your personal assessments and things of that nature, um, and be ready to, to move forward. And one of the areas that we're looking at on this particular podcast is about uh, planning for college because the reality is there's people that are seniors that are going through this and juniors and parents still need to be prepared for what's going to happen on the back end um, of that. So what we did is we reached out um, to our network on LinkedIn and I was uh, blessed enough to find somebody that was willing to come on and talk about college planning. Um, her name is Miss Sherry Lewis. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for enjoying or agreeing to be on the show. Um, where are you located? I am in Dover, Delaware. Dover, Delaware. So how are things down in Delaware for you guys down there? Um, everything is pretty much shut down. <laughs> so um, you can go to the grocery store, uh, pharmacy. That's pretty much it. Um, so everything is uh, sheltered in place or locked down, however you want to phrase it. Got you. And if you can explain to our audience what exactly you do um, in terms of your organization. Um, sure. Um, I am the owner of College Planning 411. And what I do is I work with uh, students and their families uh, in navigating the path to college. So I help them develop a list of schools that are a good fit for the student. I also help them um, with completing the applications as well as um, editing essays so that they're memorable, leaving a great impression with college admissions officers and really um, capturing who the student is. Okay. Um, Kareem, if you remember, we had Dr. Johnson on talking about the dissertation process and his dissertation focused on why students pick um, certain colleges. And one of the things he talked about is fit. Um, can you just give a recap of that particular uh, part of the, the podcast and your thoughts on it? Well, for, for me, and we talked about it, and I said if I can go back and do it all over again, I was looking at the uh, University of Hawaii, um, or possibly HBCU. I think that being able to know which environment you're going to be able to best, I want to say, survive in, because college is really about being able to survive. That right there will actually give you the best opportunity to be able to be productive in college and be able to have a network that so that you after college you can actually have some friends that you can actually talk to and be able to um, have lifelong friends. So being able to have that college fit is, I mean, and that location, like for me, don't put me in the city because I'm not going to school. I can tell you that now. I need to be in a like secluded, like quarantine type school environment where you know that I don't have this campus because if you leave me in the city, you feel healthy, 
I'm not going to class. I can say that now. I'm going to be down south every single day. When we talk about being at Club McDonald's, I'm going to be there every single day. So knowing what is going to work for you going into that um, process of which college you're going to select is huge. Now, Carrie, what are some of the things that you um, look to help students figure out their fit in terms of their college experience or choice? Um, well, I, I look at things like size of the school, uh, the location of the school, um, what type of program they're interested in majoring in, if they have an idea of what they want to major in. If they don't, then what we're do what I do with them is I look at all of the programs that are available in the school so that when they finally decide what they want to major in, they don't have to transfer to a college because what they're interested in isn't at the school that they're enrolled in. Um, so right. it really is. Uh, what I advise students and families to do is to look at a couple of different college campuses, like actually visit those college campuses so that they can get a feel for what feels good to them, sort of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears and <laughs> finding that right fit. Right, right. Now, Jamie, you just you're kind of just went through that process with your older, one of your oldest uh, children. How did you go through that process of um, making sure that this school is a fit for her? Well, she, we did, we saw Drexel, we went to Rutgers, we went to Rowan, we went to different colleges, and eventually she chose Rutgers, um, but then decided before going back her second semester that Rutgers wasn't ready, right for her, and she didn't want to leave the house, she wasn't ready to live on campus, so she's back in community college now, and she's going to stay there until she's ready to move on to a campus. She doesn't feel like she can do it without being at home right now. Got you, got you. I'm, looking, I'm reflecting back on my uh, selection of going to Temple University, and I can pinpoint exactly why I chose that. It had nothing to do with academics, had nothing to do with location. <laughs> it was a year before, um, it was moving day, it was the perfect day, and I saw all these girls moving their stuff into their dorms, and I was like, I think I want to go to Temple. <laughs> that was kind of able to say my decision in terms of fit. Um, it was close to home, um, it was right over the bridge, so it wasn't like I had, had to go far. I knew I liked the city. Um, I liked to, you know, be around the hustle and bustle. Um, but at the same time, unlike Kareem, I was able to focus in that environment. I think if I was out in the middle of nowhere, um, it would be hard for me to do that. But um, Kareem, how did you decide on what school you wanted to go I went to school late, so for me, after I got all my partying in, I said, okay, now it's time to to start life. So um, I, I commuted back and forth. I didn't stay on campus. I didn't have that experience, so I just went to Stockton, um, and from there, I completed uh, the rest of my courses online. Um, but I needed to get all of that partying out of me because, again, I wouldn't made it. So you're talking about the good times. You're talking about 91, 92, 93, 94? Man, listen, I wasn't going to college at all. It wouldn't even automate it. I would have been in remedial classes on you know, academic probation. It just would not have been a good fit for me at that time or any college campus. Right. Offered homecoming? Listen, no, no. Freaknik? No, I'm not. I'm going now, now, Sherry, given the, the, the days and times right now, technology obviously has changed um, to the point where we have remote learning um, and online things. Is that factoring into some of the decisions that some of these students are making on your end? Um, whether they can actually still be at home and take classes or have the ability to take classes, extra classes um, online. Um, one of the things that I am telling families, like the students that are currently juniors who are just starting the college process, is I'm telling them one of the things that they need to be looking at at schools is whether or not online learning is already in place because it may very well be that school's not in session in September 
for students that are seniors that are right now getting their acceptance letters from colleges, typically they would go to uh, an accepted student event. Um, Virginia Tech, for example, always has an event where students can go to really help solidify that that is going to be a good school or the perfect fit for them. So what some of these colleges are doing is they're starting to have these virtual accepted students days so that students can still meet with other students who are accepted, meet with some of the professors, all virtually, so that they can then make the decision about whether or not they want to attend that college. Got you, got you. Um, another thing, I was when you were talking, I was thinking I had a conversation with um, a teacher of mine whose uh, daughter is going through the process now um, and trying to figure out what school she wanted to go to and did they have the right major and what kind of classes that she needed to take. And one of the things I, I keep telling parents is like, we're living in a day and a time where you can actually um, obviously look that stuff up on the internet, but also be proactive and actually call the colleges and universities to find out if you're child was actually on the right path to taking the classes that they need and, and things of that nature. Is that something that you can recommend that parents do to kind of get ahead of this um, and not necessarily just going in it blindly and finding out later that, well, I needed to take this class or that class in order to um, fulfill this major or whatever? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, there are a couple of ways that you can go about it. Um, one is, like you said, going on the internet and, you know, looking to see what classes the college is recommending that you take. Um, I find that most states, their graduation requirements are aligned with what colleges are looking for. But if you're looking at some of the more competitive colleges like the IVs or even the mini IVs, um, then it, all, it is a good idea to reach out to some of the college admissions officers and just say, you know, what exactly should I be taking as I'm thinking about my classes for next year? It's something that I can help with as well. Um, and it's also a great, like if you're reaching out to that admissions officer, it's a great way to start establishing that connection and letting the college know that you're interested, that they're one of your top choices. Gotcha. Now, should parents and students be looking beyond the four years or years or whatever they're going to be in school in terms of their career um, and their specific location? More people that I've talked to, like once you graduate, you don't really go far from the school that you graduated. That's something that should be in, uh, taken into consideration um, at the end of the, at the end of the uh, process. Um, it should actually be taken into consideration as you begin the process. Um, one of the things that I try and emphasize with the families that I work with is what type of career opportunities are available at the college. Um, are there co-op opportunities? Are there internship, externship opportunities? Um, Hands-on experiential learning so that while the students are in college, they're also building their resumes, uh, making themselves more employable. Um, in terms of location, uh, will they be able to be employable within the area that their college is located is not something that I hyper-focus on um, because if you've got a good resume, if you've got the experience, you're pretty much going to be hireable anywhere. Got you. Now, Kareem, you, you are, you're at the middle school level. And I know one of your biggest pushes is to get um, expose those kids to as much stuff as they possibly can be exposed to in terms of college and things. What are some of the things that you are doing on your level to expose them early? So even with middle school, just having the conversation of which direction they're going to head in. So whether it's going to be college, whether it's going to be military, or even technical school, um, that's something that shouldn't really be decided on um, or even have an answer to um, before they have ninth grade. So they can actually start picking their classes to, to align them in that direction that they're going. Um, the other thing I do is I give my kids um, 
copies of their free ACT test. So I have them sit down and look at some of the material that's there so that if they actually are going to go to college, at least they'll be familiar with some of the, the math as well as the testing requirements that's going to be there for them to get that acceptance. Um, the ACT and SAT, I mean, that'll put you in a platform where so that um, college for money is available for you from different colleges. Gotcha. Now, Jamie, are you having similar conversations with your students in, in your classroom or are you uh, talking about careers and, and I guess potentially going to college within your classroom? So we, I, I, I teach um, students that might not all necessarily want to go to college. A lot of them want to do things outside of college. So we talk about vocational things. A few of my students actually have talked about um, cooking and, and baking and doing something along the lines of that. So we've talked about programs like at ACCC has where they can do something culinary wise. Um, so I try to find out in the beginning of the year what interests them and what they want to do as adults. And, and we talk about it throughout the school year. Got you. Now, Sherry, there's um, a lot of people decide to go the community college route before they go to a four year institution and, and beyond um, to try to save money. Um, is that usually a strategy that you're seeing a lot of? Um, should they be careful about the community colleges that they select because of the fact that some of the, the credits may not transfer to the four year institution that's interested? Um, with the students that I work with, most of them just go directly into four year colleges. When I was working in um, a school system as a guidance counselor, I had students that would take both paths. And um, it was within the state of Massachusetts and Virginia. And both of those states have community colleges that um, have partnered with state colleges so that all of the credits are transferable. And it really is a great way to save a lot of money and make college more affordable to do the two years of community college and then transfer to a four-year college and get your bachelor's degree. It's a great way to, to save money. Got you. Now, I want to know why. One of the big things that we talk about here on the Power Perspective podcast is uh, our why. And we believe that the why is a huge factor in terms of your behavior and the decisions that you make. Um, why is this work important to you? Why did you decide to get into this? Um, honestly, I've been in, I've wanted to be a teacher since I was a little girl. <laughs> and um, so I started off as a teacher and then um, became a guidance counselor because a lot of students would come and talk with me about their problems when I was a teacher. So uh, it just seemed like a natural transition for me. And then um, I moved up to the high school level. I had started at the middle school level. And when I moved up to the high school, it was more about college and and career pathways and what students were going to do after high school. And it just is something that I've just grown passionate about. Um, I, I, I really enjoy the work that I do and especially seeing the results four or five years down the road when, you know, my paths cross with some of the students I work with and I find out what they're doing with their careers. Um, it just is, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I get it. And it's one of the things I struggle with in education is that uh, at least the way that I measure my success is not necessarily tangible. Like I don't necessarily see um, the end result until maybe a student comes back and says, you know, you had this impact on me. Um, Jamie, how do you measure your success in, in terms of you personally, not like any test scores or anything like that, but how do you measure success in the classroom? I think, again, similar to what you said, it's seeing students 
that you've taught years ago and, and they remember you and they remember what you did in the classroom. I just ran into a student at Wawa the other day and she said, do you remember me? And I looked at her face and I did. I, she was a student my first year of teaching. So I absolutely remembered her and she talked about everything that she remembered in the classroom. So that's really what, what helped me remember why I went into teaching. And it's, and it's that's shaking my head because this day of time you go to Wawa and somebody walk up to you like you remember me and you like I don't, I don't know you must not get that Rona. <laughs> was this the other day that you was out there, Jamie? I it was a few it was a few days ago. Uh -huh. I wasn't. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and so she asked you the question right, and, and it's a real hot question like, hey. Do you remember and you know, all, all that hot breath get on you? You walk on, like, you like, man, my chest don't feel right. There's nothing wrong with you, man. Yeah, get out of court. I need to get back to work. Yes, you do. Uh, now, Sherry, do you do anything in terms of financial planning um, for parents and how they should get ready financially for the college process? Um, the only piece that I work with on the financial aid is. Like I will help them complete the FAFSA. I will also let them know what schools they need to complete the CSS profile for, but I don't do financial planning in terms of how much money they need to save or ways that they can save money. Got you. How about the essay writing portion of, of the application? Um, do you work with students in terms of that, that process? Yes, um, I do. That is pretty much the only piece of the application where the students really get to show who they are. Um, so that is a very important piece of the application, and it is something that I spend several hours working with students on editing, coming up with ideas um, to really show who they are and what their contribution will be to the college campus, what they're bringing, um, who they're about, how they handle challenges. Um, so yes, that, that is a huge part of what I do with students. Is that the typical question that you see on the application is kind of... Um what you stated, like, what's the typical question you'll see on the application in regards to that essay? Um, what do you mean, like what the essay prompts are? Yes. Um, they're, they're pretty standard. They're the common app essay prompts, and they're, they haven't changed over the, the past couple of years. Um, typically, what I find students write about is a challenge that they faced or overcame, um, something that is that defines who they are. Um, those are typically the prompts that students tend to gravitate toward. Gotcha. Now, is there any research prior to that in terms of what that, let's say the Temple University, for example, and the type of students that they traditionally accept in the classroom? Are students doing that work to kind of tailor their essays to uh, the colleges that they, you know, potentially want to go to, or is it just a generic um, essay? Um, the only time that they tailor the essay to a specific college is if one of the essay prompts that they have to write to is put out by the college. And um, some colleges have like, why Temple? Um, in other words, why do you want to go to Temple University? In that case, then the student does need to do some research. Um, and typically what I recommend is when you visit a college to take notes about what you liked about the college, what you didn't like about the college, so that when it comes time to write that essay, you have that information and you can include what you liked about the college. Um, but typically, the main college essay that they write for the Common App or for the College for Coalition application, it, it's just a standard prompt that goes out to every single college they apply to. 
which is why it's so important that it be a good essay. <laughs> so if I can chime in for a second. So what I've done with my current eighth grade is that I actually allow them to look at the essay questions from Stockton. Uh, one of the toughest essays in, in January three is the essay that you have to write about yourself because you don't know what people want to know about you. You don't know right now you can share all the good stuff or you can share some of the bad stuff or some of the things that happened in your life or your experience where you had to be resilient. That is a really tough essay. And you're told about almost 16, 17 years of your life to be able to sum it up in five hundred words. It's an interesting point there. Um, it kind of reminds me of the inter interview question of kind of like what your strengths and weaknesses are. Every question asks you that, that, you know, that question. And what I usually try to tell people that I, I, I coach on is that you have to sort of make your, your weakness seem like a strength, kind of flip it on. So for example, I'm a procrastinator. That's one of my biggest weaknesses, but I work better under pressure. So getting them to try to figure out how to, you know, expose themselves, but at the same time, use it as, as, a, as, a, as a strength. So that's like one of those types of questions that it's hard for an adult to, to matter. So I can only imagine that these kids um, are, are struggling in it as well. And it's good to have people like Cherry that will help them along that process. Um, Jamie, you remember your, uh, I guess the, the acceptance of the school that you, you got into? Do you remember that moment? Actually, I did um, something similar to Kareem. I took um, a few years off from in between high school and college. And then I went to ACCC and then I transferred to Stockton. So I stayed local and I worked and went to college at the same time. Mm, got it. I understand. She wasn't okay. in the parties. She wasn't in any of my parties. I was at. I could say that. I don't know what you are. She wasn't in my party. Was he at any of the parties I was at. <laughs> we were balling. That's what we were doing. We were in there balling. Now, Sherry, how can people get in contact with you um, in your organization? Um, my website at www.collegeplanning411.net, um, and then also my email, uh, sherry at collegeplanning411.net. Okay, and you work with anyone not in the state of Delaware, but outside of the state of Delaware? I work with everybody. Um, my, I have clients in Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, Maryland, Massachusetts. All of my work is done virtually, so all of my appointments are through um, FaceTime, Skype, or Zoom, which is really trending right now given the coronavirus. Um, so it works really well because when before the coronavirus came, when students were really busy and just going from one activity to another, they got to sit in the comfort of their homes and work with me. Um, so it, it 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 really works out well. Got you, got you, got you. So we're gonna wrap this podcast up a little bit. Um, actually, Jamie, I'm gonna go to you first, and I want to to give any words of wisdom or advice to parents that are um, you know currently working with their kids at home. Um, what are some some advice that you could give? them during this particular time? Sure. Um, in the classroom, you mean as far as like teaching online to students? Yes. Keep them on their schedule. Make them get up in the morning, check in on Google Classroom, and find out what their plan is for the day. Do not let them wait until 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it's coming from personal experience. <laughs> yes. angry. <laughs> That's, that's one of the things that we talked about earlier, and I get I think it was like season two or whatever, in terms of uh, parenting and your children and keeping them on a schedule. Not only just because of this, but in general, um, they should have a schedule. And they should have a set 
time to go to sleep, set time to eat. And, you know, they don't know, you know, it increases the anxiety, number one, they know what's going to happen. Um, and it prepares them, you know, for the next day. So keeping that schedule is important. Um, I know it's hard now because it seems like they have all the free time in the world. Maintaining the schedule is extremely important. Kareem, any last words before we get up out of here? Well, I'll say this, that when it comes to planning, um, you're looking at five, ten years, um, that's, that's something that um, can happen overnight. Like, because things change. And every time something changes in the world, you need to make an adjustment. So when you're trying to figure out what four years is going to look like, what ten years is looking like, you, you create your vision board and then you make the adjustments and you continue to adapt to what the world is, is adapting to. Um, but the other side of it is like when it comes to your children, like that's your greatest asset, and you have to take the time to be able to have these conversations with them. Um, again, I like to go back to the idea of having dinner at the dinner table at five o'clock and having those discussions and getting your kids to be able to open up and talk. The more they're able to talk, the more you're able to listen, the more you'll be able to figure out what's going on with your son or daughter, and that you can actually guide them through um, this wicked world that we're in. If not, they're going to listen to their friends and. They're going to be partying after college. They're going to be partying after high school. Before you know it, they're going to be 40 years old, still on your couch. Mm, that's interesting. Charity, last words from you um, in regards to anything. Um, for those people who are starting the college process, take advantage of virtual tours. There are some great tools out there, like you visit eCampus tours. Um, also, take advantage of any um, virtual um, seminars that are taking place on colleges so that you can learn about the schools. That way you're not waiting until the last minute when college campuses open up and you can visit. Awesome. One more time, Sherry, please give your contact information for anyone that's interested. Uh, collegeplanning411.net and Sherry at collegeplanning411. Awesome. We definitely appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Um, hopefully you and your family stay safe down there in Delaware. Um, and you know, hopefully we're not going as crazy as Kareem is in this quarantine. Um, we got to his cage at some point because he's about to lose it. Um, again, uh, just, just some last words for me is that just take, again, take this time to, to plan and start uh, working on your process in terms of what's going to happen after. Uh, whether it is preparing for college, whether it's preparing to do a career change or uh, use this time wisely and, and not, don't look at it as always a negative thing, but an opportunity because this is what's happening right now is that we, we are given an opportunity to maybe do something different that we always wanted to do in life and go a different direction or maybe it's redefining your current career. And um, you know, maybe it is going back to school and getting uh, time to, you know, uh, I guess, broaden your horizons in the, in the academic area. So. Um, Please stay tuned to us. We're going to keep on bringing you good content. We're going to keep bringing you um, some useful information during this time. Um, so stay safe and stay empowered.